Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. Hi, I'm Sarah Griffin. And welcome to Juvenalia, the podcast where we talk to an interesting person about something they were obsessed with when they were young. Our guest today, you know her from A Roadwatch and her podcast, The 80%, and a load of other things soon, probably. Yeah. Esther Moore Donahue. Hello. Interesting is a very strong word, but I'll take it. <laughs> welcome Let's to the show. Yeah, welcome, thanks. Esther. I'm delighted to do it. I'm... I don't know how I'm going to spin this out into whatever, 40 plus minutes, but let's go. We have six, six seasons and two movies to get through. Oh, so, okay, okay. There's a lot and of like stuff there. And existing, all their posts. existing press drama. Yeah. I know. So I'm so, I've picked a good one. Because, yeah. you know, Cynthia, things are happening with Cynthia. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But. So, what's your thing? My thing is Sex and the City. <laughs> My best Oprah voice. Yeah. I love it. And I sec- I know people have picked things from when they were like tiny kids, but I got into Sex and the City when it came out when I was in my teens. And I know when I was small, the best thing you could have was a cousin in America. Hmm. And so from early on, you're kind of brainwashed. America is the place to be. So something, anything in New York, I love the glamour and the glitz. And I was like, Sex and City, this is amazing. And when it came out, it was really hyped up in the press because Sarah Jessica Parker was making the transition from films to TV. And back then, that was like, that was a big thing. Now everyone's like, it's a golden age television, you know. I've always wanted to be in Netflix. But back then it was like, I was even as a teenager, like, I'm concerned for Sarah Jessica. Is she making the right move? She's going to TV from films. It was a big thing. And they tried to, you know, they were like, and she's going to be executive producer. And I'm like trying to make her role bigger and make it a big thing. Like she's making a very smart career move. And it did work out to be amazing, kind of change things mm. for a lot of different actors, the way they look at how they, the products, products they choose. They weren't solely sticking to film. They were going where the work was good and the writing was good, you know. So did you know her from films beforehand? But she was, like, she was a bit part, not really. I wouldn't be, she wasn't a big name then. She no. really wasn't. No, she was very much sort of pretty blonde girl in um, ah three which is Bette Midler Halloween spooky yeah. times good dresses which is of Eastwick no 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 no. no. it's um, it's we should know this it's, we should know it's this the focus focus the, there, focus, you focus, go. Yeah. there you go and she was also um, in the film with another trio Goldie Hawn you don't know me oh da, yeah da, 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 da. fucking Goldie Hawn first yeah. wives club Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, and she was like the new girlfriend of one of the. She's sort of like a visual understudy to these she was like just great there. actresses. She, she kind of be, okay. she kind of be the cool, you know, bubbly blonde. But she oh, wasn't eyeballs. a big, big, big actor. No. Mm. But then um, it all changed when she went on to. Do, 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 do. There you go. Sex and City. So how old were you when you started watching it? Do you think probably my, my mid-teens. Yeah. So. Um, and I can't even remember. I think it was maybe it was on Channel Four. I don't even know what station it was. It was, on. It was on TV Three here, I think. Was wow. it? TV Three. We are yeah. all different. On this yeah. One. I yeah. Have, wow. It's a long time ago. And all my I was saying to Alan, all my DVDs are in storage at the moment, so I wasn't even able to brush up and watch them again. But my favorite seasons are seasons four to six. Um, and I because I and I went I had a look on Wikipedia, and I think the the thing was 
there's the four characters. There's Miranda Hobbs, Amanda Jones, loves loves a bit of sex, um, Charlotte York and Carrie Bradshaw. And they it was like Carrie Bradshaw's a writer, of course. If you don't know, I'm saying this like I'm saying this like people don't know, but if you don't know what Sex and the City is, and so you know, every episode would be like a should have a th- the beginning, and then I wonder where do farts go? And the whole episode would be about where do farts go? And oh, that's a Ru- yeah. I know that's a RuPaul line, but the whole you know, that's what the whole episode would be, and they'll have their little strands of stories. And they used to talk to the camera in the first two seasons, and then after that, it changed, yeah, because that was a it, big part of the early ones where they would just cut to random people in the street giving their opinions yeah. on the thing, yeah, but which, that changed, but yeah. uh, so I yeah, I just, I don't know, I liked it. But um, what was the point? Oh yeah, and it was based on the books by Candace, I think it's Bushel or Bushnell. Bushnell, yeah. Yeah, Candace Bushnell's initials are the same as Carrie Bradshaw's. <laughs> and she had a, a, a column in the New York Observer and she wrote a book and then it was based on those books, those writings. Um, and developed by Darren Starr who did Beverly Hills 90210, a great show. And Melrose Place and all these things that I wasn't supposed so to watch. It was watch. part of an oeuvre nearly. It was sort of this. Like, well, he, that's where he came from. And, yeah. you know, Charlotte, or who plays Charlotte York, whatever that act, Kristen Davis or mm. Kristen Davis, she was in Melrose Place. And oh. she, I think she played like a bad girl. So for her to go to Charlotte York, I was like, I don't think she can do this. She can't make that transition. <laughs> but she did. She did it very well. And I think TV Melrose Place something was too spicy now. I wasn't able to, wasn't really meant to be watching that. Yeah, no, I definitely had the impression when I was younger that. You weren't supposed to watch Melrose Place. That was no, for grown ups. Um, but she, so she was in that, and Darren Star produced that, and then Michael Patrick King was the head writer for all of the the, the Sex and the City series. Oh, and, so it was um, written by a man. Well, it was written by loads of different writers, but he was the main the main guy. Huh. Yeah, and he, I think mm. he wrote the he wrote the screenplays for the films, which we'll talk about later. Um, like a lot of the writers' room was gay men. Is that a myth or is that true? That I don't Sex know City that. was like secretly about gay men, not about women at all. That is such a good take. Like yeah, I love watching TV shows from the past time. with yeah. like a like a, a fake filter on them. Like you assume Mulder and Scully are always having sex, or you assume Will from Hannibal is always hungover, or you assume Sex and the City is actually about four gay men. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good filter to watch it through. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. now, if you were going back to consume mm-hmm. it again, like, well, now that I watch it, like I loved at the beginning. I was like. You know, like you know, like Patty and Selma in The Simpsons as a teenager, like it's so like my life. <laughs> it's absolutely not. It wasn't. You know, I was shoving like cans of Cardi Breezer down my trousers and going out to smoke and or drink yeah. in fields. So it wasn't my lifestyle. But I was like, it's so glitzy. She puts like she wears cabbages on her head and she wears like high heels and tutus. And we were just not dressing like that. But it was still like I kind of got into it that way. And I like the outfits and the costumes. And the fact that it was in New York. Anything set in New York is brilliant. Mm. And and. Then as it got on, you just kind of got involved in the characters and it's very funny and it's very well written and all this kind of stuff. But now, because I cannot stand Carrie Bradshaw, the character, I watch it now like with my friends and it's better to watch in a group now and go, she's so fucking annoying. <laughs> she is such, she's so selfish. But it's still brilliant. She can still like enjoy it. But that's the way I look at it now. I don't, you know, because it's, she's just Low-key hate watching things that used to look oh, so real as well. And what I find yeah. difficult about Carrie Bradshaw is just like, she had one column in the paper a week. How is she and making look that at money? How she lived. Mm. I know. Look at how she lived. I, like, huh? She. I know. Yeah. I mean, there's rent control because I, I watched enough American programs. There is rent control. In there's New York. rent control. Yeah, so, yeah. But she was obviously on a, had a good deal there. But why? This is one of the ultimate reasons why Carrie Bats are so selfish. So you know, she had her apartment. She oh, she likes shoes. Okay, we get it. She bought like loads of shoes, ridiculous men's pair of shoes, and she was on her Dior this, and she was living this lifestyle. Like I don't know, how she's affording it, but whatever. And then. It came to, I don't know if she broke up with Aiden or whatever. Well, she had to, she wanted to buy her apartment and she had no money because she spent it on shoes. It was an episode. She goes to Charlotte, whose marriage has fallen apart, but who's rich, okay? Got a big engagement ring. Imagine going, or it's your, your marriage falls apart. You got the big, I go, 
Sarah, I know your marriage is falling apart and you're in bits. It's really hard. But look at that big rock in your finger. I have no deposit for my apartment in New York. <laughs> Would you sell your ring and give me money? Because I have spent all my money on fucking shoes. And she makes it. She makes Sharda feel bad for not giving her her ring. Mm. Sharda's like, I think Sharda gives her the money in the end. And she's like, thank you, sweetie. What a crazy woman. Like she's a It's so- sort of like the sociopath. shit friends club. It's a bit like the oh, shit she's yeah. the worst. She treats everyone so badly and... She's still the fulcrum. She's still the center point of everyone. You know, they don't, I was like, I know it's, I know Esther, you've got to spend disbelief. She's obviously the executive producer. She's going to be the star of the show. But like, she's a terrible friend. I think a lot of ensemble shows have that, where the center character is like the most annoying or most boring one, like Ted and How I Met Your Mother. Or Ross originally in Friends was supposed to be the fulcrum. Or Fraser Ross is so good. Or Fraser or Dave in Happy Endings, who ended up making a joke of how annoying he was as the show went on and kind of leaned into it. Even in Arrested Development, I feel like. Michael is the worst person and is judgmental and awful. Mm -hmm. Like, that there are these fulcrum characters where it's like, how are you still all going for brunch with this woman? I know. Like, yeah, she's such a pain in the tusher. but But do you think that maybe that kind of dynamic could only exist on screen before the internet? Like, I don't think that that Sex and the City set in 2018 socially could work because nobody would believe that. Do you know? I don't think friendship dynamics like that. I think it was very fantastic in in, in the way it was set up. Like, obviously, all of it was aspirational fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, Charlotte, it's a fucking gallery creator. What the fuck does Samantha do? Like Samantha Jones, she's PR. She's a PR, <laughs> yeah. Hello. I don't know what a PR was when I was a teenager. I was just like, fancy lady. <laughs> fancy lady, don't yeah. know what you do. Miranda was a lawyer, I want to say. Yeah. But like, there are all these there are all these aspirational figures who are rotating around their extraordinarily selfish, vapid journo pal. Mm, yeah. They're the four standard um, lady show jobs as well. Oh PR, my God. art gallery, writer and lawyer. Ali Most McBeal, women are like, yeah. one of those four things in shows. Yep. Yep. Pure aspiration. Like even Sarah Jessica Parker in Divorce is an art gallery owner. Yeah. Jesus. It's like the cool... It's, it's a job that it's a, a cool. There's no, but there's nothing you should really have to do. No, it's not you can job. be you can be very poor or very rich doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and no can, shade to any, all any curators listening who are just like, <gasps> I work very hard. I absolutely don't doubt yeah. that it takes a lot of work to become an art gallery curator. But there are some people who are born into that, and Charlotte is that character mm. where it's just like, yes, I'm a curator now. Or Barney in um, Girls was also. Oh, I, I, did, I didn't observe yeah. girls. <laughs> yeah, first couple of seasons, she, that was the track she was on as well. But she became a terrible singer songwriter instead. Oh, my. Oh, the luxury. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Did you watch girls? No, my I was living in San Francisco at the time, and um, we were living with a friend of mine. There's three of us living in a studio apartment. And my husband and my friend Chrissy were watching it every night, but I was working at night. So I would sit with my back to the two of them mm-hmm. watching girls. And I think I watched the first episode, and some parts of it were so close to the bone that I was like, I'm good. It's too mm. real. I'm actually good. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, mm. I will occasionally get too drunk and be like, I'm the voice of generation. Like, I don't need to watch Lena Dunham <laughs> do that. Um, I dodged the whole thing, mm. you know? And I feel like I dodged Sex in the City a good bit, but then got into it a little later and was then steeped. Yeah, I love it. Mm. And like obsessed with it. Kyle MacLachlan was in it, guys. Yeah. As like bad husband. Trey McDougal. Trey McDougal, Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting, like, they're all, it's not interesting, I don't know. But, like, it's funny, they all start off one way. They all kind of have their their USP and their, you know, Miranda Hobbs is a city, you know, tough lawyer and she's working. I don't have time for love. I'm a, I'm an island. I'm closed <laughs> off. In the end, she ends up marrying, you know, Steve in he's the like park. For, he's, like, from Little Shop of Horrors. And living in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, he looks like, what's his name from Little Shop oh, of Horrors? Stevie. Yeah. Stevie, he's a little fucking nerdo, you know yeah. what I mean? And doesn't she have a baby? Yeah, Brady, yeah. Brady Hobbs. Brady. 
little redheaded Brady Hobbs. And then Charlotte. That was a very redheaded baby. He was. Yeah. Was the same kid because it stayed. It stayed. I think it was the same kid the whole way through. Mm. Oh. Are they? Are they? Else they color matched his hair (laughs) because uh, he was the same. A level of redness to the Gruig. Um, and then Charlotte, Charlotte York starts off, yeah, with going for the classic uh, doctor, all righty, Trey McDougal, and ends up, you know, for something that she would never plan that wasn't on her board, like she married uh, Harry Goldenblatt, mm. the Jewish lawyer. Um, was so there all- some big problem that he was bald? Was that a whole plot point? Are the plot points that I remember. He was bald. Yeah, I yeah. remember these really really weird moments from Sex and City the bits that stand out to me are totally incongruous with the rest of the plot well Charlotte had a problem when they moved in together that Harry liked to take off his clothes at night to relax and he'd put his little tusher on her chaise lounge and she was concerned there could be issues there so Harry she had to finally just confront him one day and be like Harry and he'd put a towel down he could walk around the house starkers but she put a towel down Mm -hmm. before he did it and she converted for him as well didn't she she did yeah Oh, set yeah. the date set the date <laughs> that's what she wanted yeah so she did all this and eventually it all worked out and they yeah. have two kids now did, yeah, did Samantha ever meet anyone in the end yeah Smith. well she'd Smith Jared mm. well she had um, I can't remember his name the first the one that really Samantha let down her guard for was um, what was the name Richard oh the very rich guy yeah I think he was like a hotel developer and talked mm. like this. What was his name? I, I'm going to check my notes. What was his name? I have it written down. You oh yeah, Richard Wright. Richard Wright. Pearl Tong. I remember that. Yes, I remember that and her walking up the stairs and yeah. being like, why? Why are you doing that? That yeah. doesn't even look nice. That looks Sex sore. Sex City has a lot of iconic scenes that we're talking about them because I remember so Set the Date as well. Set the Date! Set the Date! Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so she, she, so there was a scene on the roof where they both are dancing naked, her in her high heels, her and Richard, to Shade's You Think I'd Leave Your Side. <laughs> And that's when Samantha, in her, in all her glory, in her birthday suit, was like, I've let you in, Richard. Anyway, Richard treated like complete dog shit. And then she met Smith Jarrett, who was a struggling actor, and she kind of put that on her head. And she was the kind of the power player who was going to give him his career. Mm. And they fell in love and they moved to California to further a career. And in the end, that didn't work out in the films. We, we, we saw that didn't work out. But yeah, um, she found love too. But she had to, you know, she, what she said to him in the film, she's like, I love you, Smith, but I love me more. And then she, that's like, say, PFO, PFO. He bought her the ring at the auction and the big, and she's like, but I wanted to buy it for myself. Every time I look down on my hand, I'll, you know, whatever. So she's an independent woman. She let Jared in, Smith Jared in, and then she let him go And again. in the plot, was she a bit older than the others? Oh yeah, she she's kind of like the wiser. She was in her 40s and they were meant to be in their mid 30s. So right. they were, and that was kind of pointed out. I think every time I, they made a reference to that, I was like, Sarah Jessica Parker's getting that dig in. <laughs> I came, just leave Kimmy alone. Um, and yeah, and I hope those two can get out, get it together and just make a third film. Yeah, there's stuff going on there. I've, I haven't been fully following them. Maybe you can fill us in. Well, I don't know all the ins and outs, but it's like, I think SJP, according to Kim Cattrall, was just a bit of a pain in the arse. And, you know, I don't know, who knows? And so then or Kim's, her brother died and Sarah Jessica Parker sent a, sent a comment on her Instagram and then Kim was like I don't need you commenting on my Instagram and please go away and so now the third film is not going to happen probably so are they, are they going to write Samantha Jones out are they going to get someone else to play her I mean I don't know whoa someone else plays Samantha Jones <laughs> bananas yeah but like, I guess they can do that and, and oh no you how could you replace Samantha Jones you, you, Kim you, mean, you couldn't yeah, yeah. but technically they could yeah. and like in replacing those four iconic characters with different actresses like you know, the idea of being such a Carrie, such a Miranda, such a Charlotte or such a... My God, it's out of my head already. Um, Miranda, Charlotte, uh, um, 
Kim Cattrall. Kim, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such a Kim Cattrall. Um, but they become like these archetypes mm-hmm. by which stories about friendship are told. Like who in your peer group are you? Which of these? So you can't, you could effectively recast Sex yeah. in the City. I mean, it would be wonky now to try be like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, bye Kim, yeah. see you later. Like, It'd be interesting to, I don't know if they listen to the films, I've seen the films, but if they had someone come in who was like the way Samantha was in season one, but in her 20s, interacting with them as they are now. Whoa, and that would kind be of really reevaluating. Re- that'd be before people, the way they are now, and like them seeing themselves mm. through younger people. Yeah, that is one of the scenes in the second or first film where they see, see four girls going oh, yeah, down the street. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and they're like, that's us when we were young and started just arrived in New York, yeah. But I don't know, I'd like to, I still would like another hit. I think I'd even, I, she, it would be lesser without her, but if Kim wasn't to take part, but I still would like another hit of Sex and the City. Sex and City 3, please. What kinds of, yeah, what kind of stories would they would they tell though? I now, don't you know. know. That's <laughs> not my job. <laughs> I just want to sit there and let it wash over me. Because I like, I love, like the first film was good. The second one was a complete stinker, Magoo. It was just so bad. It was like, and I was saying to Alan before, like, Sarah Jessica Parker, she, her, I don't like her performance in it. She's like, I'm overacting all the time. I, every line she delivers is like, she can't just say I'm going to the toilet. She's like, I'm going to the toilet over there. And she just amps it up too much. So anyway, so in the second film, she was like, she lost her mind and she was like, oh, it's still lark. We're in the United Arab Emirates and we're, you know, covered in Monono Blanick shoes or whatever and I don't know but the first film was really good and um, if they could kind of replicate that in the third film I'd be very happy so if anyone's listening guys get on at Michael Patrick King get your tushering gear please so you said you preferred season 4, 5, 6 yeah which are they generally perceived as being soapier than the first three seasons that was always my impression I do not know what the perception is Alan. yeah I just what, what do you prefer um, I think they're kind of the costumes came together they seem kind of more solid I don't know I just the costume thing is interesting because the, the aesthetics of Sex and the City were very yeah. powerful for a long time. Yeah. Like the way things looked and the way the things that they had became like commodities that viewers fetishized hugely. Mm-hmm. Like when um, Charlotte, uh, when Charlotte got the rabbit, the whole world became like they, they made oh, the vibrator yeah. a socially accessible <laughs> uh-huh, item uh-huh. for people. Like uh-huh. it was a weirdly permissive show in a lot of ways as well. But I don't know if their style ever caught on. Like if their cost, like I, I, I don't get me wrong. Are you crazy? I would love to be rocking a tutu and a little white t-shirt and be like, this is completely socially acceptable. But no, I mean, it didn't. We weren't all going down to into spec savers and our tutus and like our high heels. But I know, I've, I had a name necklace and I was like, I'm so Carrie Bradshaw. Oh my God, I don't, hold on. I actually <laughs> There's also like, own a name necklace. Hold on. Yeah. I have been stung in this moment. Yeah. I absolutely have a name necklace, but it says Griff. Yeah, okay, Sarah. okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not going to wear it. Car- Carrie is not mine. No, that's not your name. But, uh, <laughs> that's not your name. No, that's not your name. But uh, that is actually name. an excellent point. Yeah, like, So you take the, you think, oh yeah, actually I could do that. So you might, like, you, I had like big giant flowers I'd stick on the side of like, you know your clothes you know she always wore the corsages there's little elements and you could yeah. be like oh it's horseshoes you get a horseshoe necklace in then you can kind of see little things and even talking about those these high name brands like Manolo Blahniks and whatever that was the main sh- and Jimmy Choo whatever that mm. kind of became part of our vocabulary vocabulary oh, yeah, and totally, cosmopolitans yeah. and all this kind of stuff and it was I think I, I think probably it was uh, the Celtic Tiger was roaring oh and I fully remember to roar. so that was kind of feeded into it like you know mm. the, the consumer culture but I fully remember pennies getting the pearl thongs in I'm just having like this what? huge yep absolutely oh, and they geez. were in the 50 cent rack for like ah. 100 years <laughs> because no woman in her right fucking mind right and also like plastic gross but uh, yeah that I, I have a very very clear memory of being like what yeah wow it came from the television I think it definitely did. Like it, 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 I think that's why. It, it, I mean, it was it was a big show, and it kind of changed. 
it, it kind of had a, it did have a cultural impact as well mm-hmm. it kind of and it brought in the fashion industry and it changed things like you know those costumes designed by Pat Fields were incredible and they were so unique to each character and I only when I went to New York then the fir- for the first time I was like I went to Pat Fields shop and you buy some little like the rest of your look my look I was not achieving it might be, if I could walk down the street with with the projection of what I thought I looked like in my head and then the reality of what I was wearing was so probably pedestrian and street but like I was like you went, you go into Pat Fields and bought like some sort of little I don't know fishnet under top or something and you put your t-shirt over it and think I am Carrie Bradshaw or whatever but it wasn't mm-hmm. really and like there was you know the cupcakes the cu- oh that whole oh cupcake bullshit came Sorry, from I, Sex yeah, and I the City like from Magnolia wrong. I went to visit Magnolia I have, um, and I have also been to visit Magnolia yeah. and I stood outside I didn't get a full one because those cupcakes are foul and uh, <laughs> the size of a copy, a copy cup sugar, like honey. they're but they're but they're bad. They're mm. a bad thing. And the the big um, sort of cone of icing on top is a uh, bad. It is <laughs> a bad situation. So I got a little tiny one yeah. that had like a little thing of icing on it, and I was like, "That's enough. That's That'll do." A, a absolutely yeah. enough. And there were cupcake shops here during that time as well. well, that, well sort of yeah, during it, cupcakes. It, it didn't start in like Stony Batter cupcakes. They started in Sex and City, and it yeah, filtered down. I mean. It was like it, yeah, it came in it on came, the breeze. Yes, that's how it all you know. Yeah. So there are all these little elements. It definitely had a cultural God, impact. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, you see, you see. I was so, just like, yeah, nobody cared. I'm like, oh no, oh no, no, no. It was a huge. No, it was huge. Thing. No, there yeah. were entire businesses in this country based on Carrie Bradshaw eating fucking cupcakes. Like that's a real thing that happened in the world. And people were excited by I yeah to see what she'd come up with, and I'd be like, you know, she'd have headscarves around her head with like big chunks of metal hoops hanging out of them. It was They were so ridiculous but it kind of broadens like maybe I could, you know, I don't know, maybe I could wear 17 shirts instead of just the normal one. Carrie Bradshaw does it. You know, she kind of, she put things in a different way and it kind of makes you reframe things I think in your head a little bit. You know? I think her her being, a, the one thing that I wanted out of it was to be that kind of journalist. Was to be like a columnist, you know. Mm-hmm. That was like yeah. the, the glamour. That life. I've got a deadline, and now, <laughs> and now all I do is like I put the dead in deadline, bitch. Like I'm always giving out. Like it's actually not fun, but that aspirational life that they had, they they took yeah, things that's it. that it are was, yeah, whatever. It, maybe it's because of the the, the the earnings or whatever or the mm. affluence that they. It's affluence what we're really yeah. talking about here. Affluence, affluence. Yeah, it's the money that we're talking about here. That they do things I that are money. Actually, <laughs> I, just, I want like, money. I actually, do you know what my juvenile is going to be about? Money. Like, yeah. that's it. It's just like I just love being minted. Yeah. Like that was that is what I want out of this experience. You that's know? it. It was so. Like, that's what I and I. Maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but like I watch sometimes. Sometimes I'm trying to qualify it. Sometimes when I log on to my Hey You subscription and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it's like I'm fascinated. I'm like, you've all got so much money. You've got like all the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, New Real Housewives of New York. I'm like, it's just like fascinating. What do you worry about? What do you? Yeah. So the whole thing mm. in Sex and City, it was ridiculous. It's not my lifestyle, but I enjoy it. Like, and I think I there's a real big difference me. in the kind of I don't not that I don't think that kind of thing exists in Ireland, but like when I was living in the states, I was a nanny, and like I worked for people who weren't rich. I worked for people who were wealthy. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ease of consumerism and that just being like, it's gas, we just got like a hundred fucking cupcakes because it's my two-year-old's birthday. Like that excessiveness mm-hmm. without thinking twice and looking at a bank balance, mm-hmm. those humans do not live the same way other humans live. Yeah. Like you are from a different planet. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that environment and you're not one of them, it's absolutely bananas and you're mm. just kind of like, I'm just going to go along wow. with this and see how wow. I'm not engage with it. But when you're watching it on the television, you don't feel mad you don't feel uncomfortable you feel like but also someday me too ah, I yeah. will find a way to do this she's you know? writing words I do that she's writing I words do I do that too yeah and then it's like well the internet happens and that yeah, those it, careers aren't manageable anymore like yeah. you, ca- you can't be a Carrie Bradshaw in 2018 unless you were I guess 
would Car- would the Carrie Bradshaw of 2018 be would like? Would she be a vlogger, an, an influencer? An influencer. Yeah. Because like, that's mm. one of the things I have. Like, good luck to everybody. I'm not hating on anyone. But I think there's, a, I've just noticed like linguistically people, some of the vloggers and influencers use this. They don't say, I bought this or he's given this thing. I picked this up. Like it was effortless. I picked mm. up this guy. Whoa. I picked up this highlighter. Like, no, you either were given it or you paid money for it. It's like, that language you didn't pick is so it interesting. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, you're a consumer and you're training people to consume and I, that really bugs me. You didn't just pick it up like it was effortless and they pick up so much shit and you don't need all that crap and we all know that and I know that's their job. They are trying to sell us things constantly but it's like, nah, it costs money, honey. And do you know how much money it would cost to, you know, earn that whatever pair of Manolo shoes and what for? And I think if you can't, if you've just, I don't know, I just think if you can, you can't afford that pair of Manolo Bonics if you keep going on about it all the time and that's your, like, and like, why buy them if to? all you want to do is talk about them? Like, you know, yeah. there's, there's a, yeah, that the performance of that kind of high consumption is something I'm really interested in. That you're like picking things up instead of working to earn money to, yeah. Like, you don't, you, you don't expect that technicality of language, but that, effort, but it that is performance something. It's just showing that it's like, yeah, these things just arrived, and there's an endless new thing, and there's an endless. Now we kind of celebrate every single like it's national. Take your dog to work day. It's national. Oh, I've just farted in the lift day, and we can decorate our house to that theme. And it's just consuming and buying things, and everything is just like. So it's just what it's I just, would be interested in is what Sex in the City would look like in that climate. Mm-hmm. Like, who would be the Carrie Miranda? Like, what are their jobs? What are now the most glamorous jobs? Like, I occasionally read about this yeah. where people are like, many years ago, the most glamorous job that anyone could hope for would be hilariously a writer which I think is like oh that's funny that means you don't know anyone who does that job yeah. uh, but now it's a YouTuber yeah jobs that appear completely effortless Gene Sutton so, says that the best job in history is a magazine writer in the 90s she's it's not the greatest wrong. job anybody's ever had oh god mm-hmm. she's not wrong there was so much money in magazines then mm-hmm. and you realise that you got into the, the job yeah. you want. You started wanting to do that job in the 90s because you were an 90s you were reading child. them mm-hmm. and you were looking at them and, and by the yeah. time it's 2018 you have a column and you're like the ship has sailed. The jig is up. And the jig all is anyone up. will tell you is that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. That you were working in a dead industry and you're like weeping over fucking pictures of Carrie Bradshaw going, bitch, like, <laughs> no, that's not fair. Like, that is a... Uh, so you... And YouTube is the platform now. Yeah, they, so what they, would they be? So let's see. So we'd have a YouTuber. Like a confessional YouTuber. An influencer slash blogger. So Carrie would be that. And PR is timeless. So PR one of them timeless. would be... One of them be a timeless PR person. Yeah. But do you want... You'd, you'd, you would have to be... You'd have to find a way to digitise being a gallery curator do you know and like yeah, no, what, would, what would Charlotte be doing she'd just be rich she stopped pretending that she really needed to do something but no she was mm. interested in art because no Charlotte was actually she had a bit of a rebel there was more to her than just I mean she really knew herself and she knew what she wanted more than any of the rest of them and, and it kind of did change over time but like she you know w- one stage she posed as a dressed up as a man she went in drag and had her photo taken by Tate Donovan yeah I remember that one mm. but I feel like I should go back and watch that episode she had she had there's more going on to Charlotte than just like I want to I want to live in the Upper West Side that was part of it as well we all want to live in the Upper West Side though. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah I don't know I think Carrie would probably still be a writer but she wouldn't have one column she would have be pitching to like 80 different websites every day and would she have a podcast everyone yes. has a podcast oh, they would have a podcast <laughs> they would have a yeah. podcast oh yeah everyone has a podcast but like she says on her podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we've been doing this for two years happy birthday Alan uh, yeah like come so on two year anniversary this is our two year anniversary yeah. yeah so Wonderful. where's my gift <laughs> yeah um, where's my brand name gift or the cash equivalent more badges? you got a badge yeah oh, oh, okay fair enough <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Badge. Um, yeah so those those are but the thing is being a gallery curator and a PR 
person of high caliber and a lawyer like those are all still jobs you have to work really fucking hard to get and really mm. hard to be good at you know so the question is more like where would the internet intersect with that like what would be the modern version of that that still would require work you know what I mean mm. like I, I guess mean, it, it does take work. work to be it, an influencer of course it does it's, like, it's a different type of work and you can't like dismiss it I mean it's it's, it's a head melter you've got to I mean, yeah it, it's, it's type of work it's different I mean, and if they're blogger, they're still writing stuff, and they've got to just be. Well, I guess like Carrie Rideshaw was an influencer within and without the fiction. She was just an influencer without the climate mm. of influencers. Maybe she was the first one. If you're if you're looking out to see what kind of necklaces she's wearing, mm-hmm. what kind of cupcake she's eating, literally changes a, a business demographic in a country mm-hmm. that she that that you know there wasn't like an Ireland episode of Sex in the City. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like there was a huge, like we're all wearing the necklaces. Mm-hmm. That necklace is is kind of called the Carrie necklace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? like if it it actually was yeah she, she so definitely was yeah she whatever she came up with you could like there was a theme like there was one season that was like there was like a horse motif going through her costumes and that was kind of picked up by different you know diluted further down the chain but of course it was she was like it was a, it had a major kind of cultural impact on it and even if you look at there's an, there's an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race in season 5 I want to say where Willem walks out and wears oh, her blue jacket from the runway that she yes. does oh, yeah. and everyone on the judging panel is just like oh my fucking god is yes. that mm-hmm. I think it was the jacket. jacket and I think it was the yeah. jacket and that is, an, that is a cultural moment that even if you weren't die hard into Sex and the City you have a osmosis or like a visual awareness like I feel like this was The Simpsons because I don't like The Simpsons at all which I feel like we should do a proper episode about where it's like I will I will take you and Ellen <laughs> to town on The Simpsons um, but there I have also because I never really watched it I picked up so much about it by osmosis yeah there's so watched, many iconic outfits and mm, phrases like he's just not that into you that you know that that spawned a whole other thing that was an episode of Sex and mm. the City and people use that as shorthand he's just not that into you you know or, you know there's so many phrases that we could we just it's like, trickle like down, down tr- trickle down yeah mm. it was really important you guys mm. and it was cool so I always had a problem with Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. I just never liked him. Did you? How did you feel about him as if someone who watched? Because I only saw it really when I used to visit my girlfriend in college. Yeah, because they would all watch it every week. So I'd see. I saw. I think I saw a lot of like season four and five. Burger was the boyfriend I saw the most. Yeah, of, I think. Okay, no, I I wrote this down. So it was called Beck. Beck. Big. Was, Mr. No, Big. was it was Beck not in it as well? Yeah, like Beck, the musician. Oh, Beck. possibly. Was possibly it? was yeah. Alanis Marset was in an episode once. Really? I am not making up the Beck was one of her boyfriends. I'm going to Google that. Hold on, because <laughs> I genuinely am like, Jugalus, that Jugalus. is, she was totally dating Beck. And then no. I'm going to realise who she was actually dating and be like, that wasn't Beck, Sarah. No. So hold on, hold on. So yeah. Tell, yeah. Us, about, tell us about Big while we're waiting. Okay, so let, I went through her boyfriends. I think this is pretty accurate. So season one, met Big. Season two, Big was the main guy. Season three came in Aiden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then it was Aiden again. Oh yes, yeah, so they broke up in season three, her and Aiden. And everyone was like, Aiden was like made furniture and, you know, smelled of patchouli. That was the thing. And Aiden was like a real kind of big, was like, I'm New York City in a person. I make money. We didn't know his first name. Season four, she went back to Aiden. Again, one of the most annoying lines. You have to forgive me. You have to forgive me, Aiden. If anyone's familiar with that episode, (laughs) you'll know what I'm talking about. Season five, Burger came in and Jack Burger was not buying into any of... uh, um, Carrie's bullshit. And he mm-hmm. was good, but she oh, she was just still annoying. She got rid of Burger anyway. And no, then... He oh, he left her? Yeah, true. Yeah. Is that the post-it note? The post-it note, yeah. yeah. So he was just too oh. insecure. Yeah. yeah. See, I I identified a lot. With, I felt like he was me back uh-huh. then. I, I would like to think I'm not like that anymore. Uh-huh. But I definitely identified with him more than... Definitely more than Big. Yeah. Oh, well, the, yeah. Why did you identify with Burger? He wore plaid mm-hmm. and... He was kind of low-key funny rather than suave funny, mm-hmm. you know, and they had little bits together. 
and he was like the serious writer but who also knew how to have fun mm-hmm. Sarah who did you think it was? Who is it? it was fucking Bon Jovi <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah Beck <laughs> not the same so confident no, it absolutely <laughs> was definitely Beck cut to it was John Bon Jovi yeah um <laughs> That's okay. okay. You say he's a musician. Like, I just have the worst facial memory in the world. I'm just like, man blonde, man blonde guitar. <laughs> man blonde guitar, it's Beck. And no. she also, Michael, or what's his name? Duchovny? From David, she, was, she did Mul- not date. Muller and Scully. She did not oh, date David Duchovny. Duchovny. I'm, on a, I'm on a cosmopolitan list of all the dudes she ever dated. Oh, I've just hit David Duchovny. I have to go back and watch those episodes. Yeah. Who did, who was he? What other famous people were in it? Boy, boys. Uh, oh, she was a high school a sweetheart. Uh, L.A. Trent. Uh, oh then Alexander Petrovsky was in like season yeah. 6 anyway so Big yeah she met in the first and oh Vince Vaughn oh I don't remember that one yeah she was Vince Vaughn she's a, she, man she's she was a beautiful I know hit I think did she have a hand in casting she was like what absolutely we need Vince Vaughn who are all these rights for Scrubs he used oh, to hire really? women that he wanted to he kiss fancy? as love interests yeah what a cream yeah. yeah there's not that many of them actually if you think about how long it ran for but I can't believe you went to a different company yeah because they kind of had the recurring Aiden mm. was in for two seasons and Big was the whole way through and Jack or I think was Jack Berger in for two he kind of came in the end of season five and then was in season six he wasn't in for long he was only like no, he four wasn't. or five episodes maybe one of the most annoying episodes that he when he was really calling her her bullshit when she went to the restaurant I don't know if you're familiar with this and she was like um ma'am I just need to know if there's parsley in this salad because um I'm allergic or whatever and he was like you're not allergic he called her out and she was like well sometimes when I don't say I'm allergic to parsley parsley magically appears and I'm like oh Burger break up with her. Just break up with her. She's a pain. You can do better, hon. You can do better, You can do better. Go ride your second nozzle. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Didn't they teach you? And Amy Sedaris is in one of those episodes as well. She's like a burger's agent. She gets fired. He fired. She gets fired because Jack's sales aren't good or something like that. Anyway, so Big, yeah, Big is like a pain in the arse. He treats her so badly, but she loves him. Hello, we've all been there, you know. And he can't commit. And then he he blooming marries Natasha, the younger younger woman. Oh my woman. god, I remember that. That's a and night, she, that's a nightmare situation, isn't it? Yeah, well, she's, and she's but she meets Aiden, you know, and he's, she's his another annoying expression a phrase from Carrie. She's his booth bitch when Aiden's trying to sell his furniture at a as a at a furniture trade show. So anyway, so Big then marries Natasha. It, Carrie's going out with Aiden and then Carrie has a fucking affair with Big and then tells Aiden and they break up and then eventually Big and Natasha break up or whatever, but yeah, it's crazy. This is how much of an asshole Carrie is. So she had an affair with Big, okay? But she's back, she told Aiden, and they got him back together. It's all worked out. He's like, I hate you. Okay, they got back together. So Carrie and Aiden are back together. And then Big and Natasha break up. And she's like, Carrie's friends with Big now, okay? So she's like, oh, Aiden, Big's really sad because him and Natasha broke up. So Aiden, I don't know if you're following this, Carrie and Aiden are in Aiden's wooden cabin up in upstate New York. Of course they had his cabin in upstate New York. She asks Aiden, can she bring Big there for the weekend? Because Big's sad. What sort of a crazy woman is she? Imagine allowing... Carrie Bradshaw is a bad person. She's a bad mm. person. She's a bad person. Oh, in that episode. I mean, Aiden, and Aiden, you're better off without her, to be honest. And she ended up, he ended up having a baby with someone else, so it's all fine. It all worked out for him. But she yeah. was gorgeous as well. Like he was, I, I yeah. remember being like, he is beautiful to look at, but maybe he's a bit too. You want to maybe a mix, mix a big. Mix I mean, he's not Aiden. David Duchovny like, but he's not bad. Again, we're different. We're differing there, Sarah. I'm not into <laughs> David Duchovny. I'm not buying what he's selling. But anyway, so yeah, so that's it. But Big was there, and then you know she goes off with Alexander. She meets Alexander Petrovsky in season six, and they go off to Paris because Alexander's got this big exhibition, and he. That's this is, a, and she's there for two days. She's like there for one day. And she's ringing Miranda. Miranda, it's just that. 
it's really hard and Alexandra's really busy and you know he's ignoring her and then Big goes and meets the girls and goes do you think I have a chance with her and Miranda goes go get our girl and he goes back and bloody Carrie goes back out with them again and again they get married but yeah mm. he's just a bit of a doesn't he leave her at the altar is that the oh, thing he yeah, literally does her effing yeah, yeah. film after all that bollock ache she gets the dress she does the whole big thing he finally commits to her and he has a woman panic attack before he goes in and then he changes his mind again and he that's 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 a good that's that that is a really good scene that's in the it's film there's nothing like a TV show like that to make you feel like your life is actually grand do you know what I mean? You're just mm-hmm. like, man, there is it is is extremely high drama. It's like dynasty drama. You know, mm-hmm. when you break when you break the big arcs of Carrie's life down, you're mm-hmm. like, you, mm. do you think she slept a lot? Because oh, that is a lot of she bullshit. She cried over that bloody man. And he just even at the last minute, he's like, I can't do it. And he oh, it was just pain there. And then she go, they go to Mexico and with the four girls on her, her honeymoon because she's already booked the big fancy honeymoons, whatever um, house in Mexico. And uh she just lies in bed, which I think is real. I think if you've ever been heartbroken when you're just so in bits, you can't get out of bed. And then there's one scene where she kind of eventually goes into the bathroom, looks at herself in the mirror and she's got no makeup on. She's been crying for days and she's just like, I'm like, oh, fair play to you, Sarah Jessica, because you don't look good there. But we've all, we've you all been like there. Yeah. You look, you look real. And yeah, I know when, when even when Car- when Big freaks out before they get in to go into the library to get married and she bashes them over the head with her bu- bouquet of flowers. That's good as well. That rage, like all these years, you've just treated her like dog shit, and you're doing it again. Yeah. So she's carried carried with some points there for just being honest and connecting to those emotions. But most of the time, she's a pain in the tush, and he's a pain in the tush, and maybe they deserve each other. I think I've, was, I've, I've yeah. talked a lot for the last seven minutes. I think. <laughs> no, there was good. There was an Emily. I think it was an Emily Nussbaum article a couple weeks ago that was talking about how. Um, Sex and City is as big as The Sopranos in terms of ushering the golden age of television Whoa. but it doesn't get the recognition it deserves because they were both like 99 well, it's pinkwashed that's yeah. why because it's about women they're both HBO stories that were much more graphic in Sex and City with sex Sopranos with violence, violence. that have been around before but Sex and City doesn't get the recognition it deserves but also she said that um, but recognition by who? because I would still well, hold them both equally I guess male critics I guess is what yeah, well, she meant um, but she said the, the way Sex and City should have ended was with Carrie alone and unhappy in Paris where that's because that's where it led her to and then mm-hmm. kind of fairy tale ended her out of it at the end of the series no she should have just been left there like, yeah the, that's how it should have ended like the reward <gasps> on a bar to go down the Seine <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't you should aspire to the fucking uh, outfits uh, and the glamour but you shouldn't aspire to being being able to be a dick and just have everybody facilitate you being a dick yeah you know like if you are that terrible to the people that you're seeing and going out with Maybe you should just take some time to yourself, Carrie. She, uh, do you know she lacks that self awareness. But again, mm. that's where the that's where the high. I'm not going to say I don't mean camp in the traditional sense of camp, but like the emotional camp of it kind of comes in. Like girls, we were talking about girls earlier. That girls is, was lauded for its uh, for a certain level of authenticity. Again, mm. only saw one episode, read a lot about it, didn't watch it, and mm-hmm. um, that there was a certain level of relatability. Whereas you can't really relate to Sex in the City, but the high drama and the high. Everything is 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 uh, elevated a little bit out of reality, so you can aspire to their wealth. We we're not going to get there. You can yeah. you can look at the drama and go, oh, that's you know that's real drama. Like you're going to be relieved by the fact that your own life isn't that dramatic, and you can everything is just a level up. The same way in The Sopranos, everything is like a notch up. You know, there it's not like watching real people. It's like watching a cartoon. Two? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Am I, am I... And just Sex in the City, you're saying? As no, I mean to... that, that maybe it's an age of television that yeah, now, yeah. when you're telling stories about four young women who live in New York, 
there's yeah. like a level of authenticity that mm-hmm. like in inverted commas authenticity that people are shooting for because people want to be able to relate to those characters mm-hmm. people want to kind of shamefully look at Hannah Hovart and go I too have worn a terrible play suit that I probably shouldn't have and uh-huh. I too have had those moments Whereas, but at the same time girls are still for rich white women that's mm-hmm. true that's true it is and there's an aspirational and you know you can see them in 10 years time they're struggling artists now but you know they're going to just they didn't grow up in that kind someone's of someone's going to inherit some hard they're just going to be rich yeah, yeah. rich rich they're going to be chill be extra rich you know what I mean because if you think you can have the concerns that they have then you're doing okay but because they're way, not real problems none yeah. of them are real problems but their relationship problems are pretty bad you know like their yeah, relationship I mean, problems are way less glamorous inverted commas glamorous like Carrie Bradshaw's having a sad time in Paris because her fancy artist boyfriend won't yeah, look at her so funny. and then Mr. Big bounds up Deep like set on Japar if anyone is a real Sex City <laughs> fan yeah Deep set on Japar and bloody party in the bookshop with the f- her friends that she's met like seven minutes beforehand oh jeez oh, yeah. if anyone's not watching Second City you don't know what I'm talking about but if you do you do <laughs> if you know yeah. you know if you know you know yeah Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Sarah. No, no, you're dead right. Like it's a, it's, it's just I'm fascinated by it and how different television is now mm-hmm. and how different the way that we interact with those yeah. kind of stories is. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like we look to Sex and City for escape and, but also influence. And then television now in the golden age, mm. it just doesn't. It's not that that operatic. Nearly. Girls actually does something really interesting in its final season where the character of uh, Shosh, who's like the hyper annoying. But very she funny was the character. Baby, wasn't yeah, she? yeah. She disappears for most of season six, and she turns up in the second last episode, and she's gotten a real job and gotten engaged, and she, it's not shown because it's boring to mm. do that. But she's grown up and copped on mm-hmm. and left all of them behind, pretty much. Mm. But it's just not television. It's not interesting to see someone do that, really, because it's just it's kind of meta, nearly. Then she's a, like, "I've been gone, being yeah, a person, I'm a grown up now." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're and, still staring at their navels, going, "Oh, you know, yeah. putting their outfits together or whatever." Mm. That's you really have a load of notes there. What have you got? I, I do have a load of notes. Yeah. I don't I know wish, what... You know what we should do in the future is get a picture of people's notes when they come in because I feel mm. like people come in here with fascinating notes. Yeah. And they just disappear off. Yeah. Like Lisa Cohen had a um, like a, a chart, you know, oh. for the Stephen <laughs> King episodes. Like people come in with the most fascinating handwritten notes. Mm. You know, I... When I did the Rose Chestnuts podcast at Christmas... I said, oh, you should really type them out because it's impossible to look down your handwriting during a show and go, that's mm-hmm. the thing I want to talk about. So, um... I will have to yeah I can't, I can't make uh, sense of what I've written um, but yeah have you, have either of you seen the, the films? No no, I haven't no you haven't oh my no, God. I read the Indie West no review of Second City 2 which was one of the best like takedowns of a film I've ever read so I feel like, I feel like I've seen it that's yeah. the weird thing about twi- Twitter and consuming the consuming media and consuming criticism exactly alongside the media mm. is eventually you get to a point where like I don't need to see that yeah, I've, read all about it. I've yeah. had the experience. I'm sure I could drop a reference in a conversation. And also, I don't like endings of things, so I would be a dabbler of Sex and the City, but I don't want to watch anything climactic or final in terms of those stories, especially with TV shows from the past. I'm just like, like I love. What do you just drift off towards the end of series? No, You're like, I, I won't watch the end of that now. Yeah, I I have that with all my favorite TV shows and stuff. I just don't like endings. What so. What are your favorites? What's your favorite TV show? Oh, Frasier. Uh, oh, or, been, or okay. the X Files. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, very specific set of '90s shows. But I don't want to know how they end. So uh-huh. with things like Sex in the City, for me, perpetually, those women are work- moving around in this bubble, and I don't know who they became when they grew up. I don't know who they settled down with. I just know that they live in this fictitious, high fantasy Manhattan, and that's good for them. But I don't. That's why I was like, who did they? Well, like, how are the girls getting on? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like they're contained in like a a, a very particular cultural layer there. Mm-hmm. So seeing the films, like I love Red Dwarf, and I never watched the new seasons or the movies of that or whatever because I just don't they don't live there mm-hmm. they live somewhere else okay do you know what I mean yeah. 
I don't know. I, well, I'm different. I like to tie things up in a bow. And even though I know Big treated her like horse dung, he was terrible. I mean, she was a terrible person as well. She accepted it or whatever. But I, and I know he was an asshole to her at the end. He only kind of pretty travelled across the ocean because he knew there was someone else there who was like potentially going to take Carrie away mm. forever. But I was still like, ah, yeah. I'm glad they ended up together and <laughs> dovetailed in the stereotypical um, romantic ending because they bloody deserve each other. I was going to say like, mm. they really deserve yeah. each other. They Maybe really if deserve. they stay together they won't do that stuff to anybody else. Yeah, they can just keep that contained in their multi-million dollar penthouse <laughs> apartment in New York City. Oh, horrifically. They're just horrifically wealthy. I'm just so, I just resent them. I resent their success, which is the theme of my podcast, the 80% podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Get that little plug in there. I'm sure we do that at the end. But um, yeah. So, so would you recommend someone now to start Sex and the City that had never seen it before? Yeah. Think it'll still hold up as a new thing? No, well, I mean, I know even going back and like, you know, Friends is on Netflix now. There's some bits. Mm. Friends some, is a period piece, guys. Like, and, and Sex and the City will is, become that. Yeah, Friends is brilliant. I mean, it's so, uh, it, there's some, I mean, so well written and I know there's some comedy snobs friends of mine and I'm like have you ever really watched it because it's actually good and you will genuinely laugh but some bits of that you look and you go ooh cringe things have moved mm-hmm. on a little bit of course that happens and some people are saying whatever don't we shouldn't watch it or whatever but anyway that's a different conversation but um, and there's themes or there's, there's you know scenes in Sex and City that will make you cringe and go that's not appropriate yeah, anymore or whatever but of course it's brilliant you just like I would say skip to season I mean, watch the whole thing, but maybe, as I said, my favourites are four to six. Yeah, get in. If you love New York, the costumes, the the escapism, the, I don't know, I just love it all. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess love it, it triggered a wave of feminism in its own way as well. Like it set off a sort of a third wave, like. Well, it changed, I think it changed television because it, I mean, other, you know, actors like, well, she's doing well for herself. She was making a mint and it, you know, they're like, well, it, it, that risk worked out for Sarah Jessica and it did. It, she's got mm-hmm. a whole big career and she's got all these different businesses now. She's got her new shoe she's line. She's a huge brand mm-hmm. and she, and it, and I mean, would there have been House of Cards or would Netflix have developed, you know, she, that re, that show did change things for people and she, she managed it well and it worked out for her. So we have a lot to be grateful for. Absolutely getting Sex and City. It's so good. And the, in the films, I love this, the the first film, brilliant. Second film is a stinker, but I'd still watch it. And I want season three. So come on. Or I want this film three, so let's go. Let's get writing it. Yeah. So you got stuff to plug? Yes, I do. Go for it. Well, my name is Esther Mordoni and my podcast is the 80% Podcast. The podcast where I'm 80% happy for the success and achievements of my guests. So if you are a sloth like me, but resent the drive, ambition and achievements of others, then listen to my podcast and you can just copy what they've done and just settle back then and eat in your bag of Doritos and actually do nothing. And just have your dreams on a list in your phone and never do them. But these people do them mm-hmm. and I talk to them and they're brilliant. So that's it. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud and all those good places. The 80% Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah, you got some stuff? Uh, probably. Uh, my book, Sparing Vampires, is in mm-hmm. officially in all good bookstores. Yeah. And if you were to listen back to the two years of Juvenilia, you would know that this has been a very, very long journey and it is now in all good bookshops and it's called Spare and Found Parts and it's a queer retelling of Frankenstein. And uh, my next one will be out next year, but that's where I'm at work-wise. How about you? I um, am doing stand-up in the Comedy Cavern in Cork on ooh. April 3rd. That would be my 15th stand-up gig, so I'm going to have a badge made up 15. for it. Oh, 15. Oh, your birthday boy badge, yeah. yeah. I have jokes based around that that I'm not going to say here in case you come to him. Ah. Very good joke. I tried it on my, on my wife and she was like, that's a good joke. He should do that. So. Then, How did you know so it's good? Go. Do the yeah, dogs yeah. like it? Do they, they wag they their tails? Extra. Yeah. They're the best yeah. dogs. They're the fans. best dogs. It's, it's about the, the dogs, actually. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. It's the crystal in my pocket tuning into your brain. Yeah. 
there we go. That's Sex and the City. Yeah. Done. Juvenaliate. Juvenaliate. Bye, Thank everybody. You. See you in two weeks. Thanks so much, Esther. Bye, Bye everybody. It's Adam and Sarah again. Hello. We want to say thank you again to Esther O'Donoghue. Go to the Daily Percent Podcast. She's a legend. She is. She was great. Uh, we have some announcements and things to ask you. The first most important one is that we're doing a live show for our 50th episode. Oh my goodness. On April 25th in the Vintage Room in the Workman. So it'll be small. It'll be fun. You really want to be there. We're going to have guests. We'll, we might have a balloon. I said we had a, we'll have a balloon. I have at least one balloon. A really nice balloon. It'll be a good balloon. Yeah, and we might drink the helium out of it and do half the episode with soft little baby voices. Me and Ellen might bring our Muppets. We'll have, and we have oh three Muppets. We'll do a Muppet each, do helium. You really want to be here? It's, of course you want to. It'll be like we'll, a salon. And we'll definitely cut that out if it happens. <laughs> so you have to be there you to see ha- it. You will literally have to have been yeah. there. What else have we got? We have a Twitter account, which is juvenilia underscore pod. What? Yes, it is. Um, So follow us there. Say hello. Lots of nice people follow that account. It's very nice. It's good Check vibes. in. Soft yeah. times. Um, on Instagram, we're doing a pod. Ellen runs that. Has that unique Ellen flavour. Ellen has excellent taste. You should pretty much follow everything Ellen does. That's true. Ellen's an icon. Um, then there's the Facebook, Facebook page, a Podcast. That's also there. That's just... You basically should be keeping an eye on us from all angles in case we do something dangerous. Yeah, or we might surprise <laughs> you. We've you never know what we're going to do next. Yeah, we're just, we're crazy, crazy people. Um, Wild, quirky, whimsical times. <laughs> <laughs> we sh- Honestly, uh, this has been a very long day. We've recorded a lot of podcasts. I'm flagging like we, hard. We recorded like 18 podcasts today. Yeah. Also, I drank a bottle of Diet Coke I have on beer the break. now. <laughs> oh my God. I had a Salvadine. We've yeah. both been on a journey. <laughs> I mean, if I drank real Coke, I would have, I'd be dead by now because I crashed very, very hard. Vibrating from, through yeah. the walls. Um, but so we just got a new Instagram follower right now just came <gasps> up on the phone. Oh my God. Like they were just hearing us like like we we haven't even posted this. And it, yeah. Magic. Oh my God. Mag- Magic. See, you got to follow so you can see things like this happen. Mm-hmm. Magical times. Magical surprises. Um, so thank you to Dee McDonald for our artwork. Oh my God, Dee, you're incredible. Which we love all the time. Uh, thank you to the Headstuff Podcast Network for having us. Listen to some of their other podcasts such as Double Love or... Mother Folklore. Or Mother Folklore. Yeah. yeah. Or Reviewables also. Headstuff have been putting us under their roof for two years on two this years. day. Yeah. And since our... Are we, we were not their first... Uh, almost we're, we're the, first the third or, we're the first original podcast we're the first original so they have been parenting parent networking us for a long time so we're eternally grateful yeah. so you should subscribe not only to us which if you aren't you should uh, you should also sub- subscribe to the some of the different podcasts that they have here on offer because they're talking about loads of different things so many. if you go to the website go to uh, the podcast section you can just click different topics and it will light up which ones are relevant to you yeah, so loads. apparently we're humour and nostalgia Oh my God. So that's good. Oh, that's what we're going that's for. That's exactly what we are. So yeah. See how accurate their search terms are? Mm-hmm. You you will find navigating this situation so easy. The internet is a hellscape. What's real? What's not real? What's news? What's not? On the Headstuff website, at least in the section that marks out the podcasts, I can tell you pretty seriously that you'll be able to find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. There so, you go. It's all the ball. So we'll see you in two weeks. Give or take. Godspeed. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.